Um, so yeah, I think uh, a bit of a meandering through L5R um, sounds like a sounds like a reasonable plan today. What do you reckon? Yep. No, I'm keen. There's um been a whole lot of cards come out in in fairly quick succession. Um, like no one was really expecting the crane pack to land so fast after the yeah. unicorn pack, even though that was like the plan. But because unicorn was delayed, I kind of thought, I kind of thought like crane would have the same delay. It'd be like you know another month or something like that. But it wasn't. They were just like, yeah, no, that's right. It was like now. a couple of weeks. Bam, new cards. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I dig good. it though. It's good. We had a couple of games already. Um, had a couple it's of kind of funny of actually. I um, I kind of didn't get my because i'm in hong kong i'm getting my my unicorn pack shipped over from australia so uh it took a couple of weeks when it got released there to actually get it shipped over to here so i just got it this weekend and i played the hell out of it like i built a unicorn deck it was really cool yeah the unicorn decks i think um i know they they feel very strong like they're just they've got all the tools for a very fast heavy play um, I, yeah. I still, I really want to see a unicorn running the, the the rhino, with also the crane card that lets you have an extra political conflict, and I want to see someone crank out. You want to see? Four. In I one want to turn. see the. I want to see the the one turn win. I want to see like one, two, three, four, like like a pleb, and then Chagatai, <laughs> and he like just militaries all four in one turn, and just drill someone hey, i think that'd be stellar. does chags not bow in political conflicts or just military or does it not matter uh i don't know actually i i, I have gonna, a feeling it's both that'd be amazing can you imagine that you get chagatai out and then like honor him put some weapons and fans on him and then break four provinces with him <laughs> all, all it takes is a is a talisman into khan's ordu on the first attack from your opponent and then every conflict for the turn is now a military yeah this is true i'm going to check and have a look at checks uh during a conflict resolution of conflicts in which a province of your opponent was broken doesn't say anything about military (laughs) so that'd get that'd get pretty rough it'd be fantastic though i'd love like it's completely possible not not super easy but super possible particularly chagatai um and all those toys so that'd be super good fun you know the unicorn though uh sorry the ivory kingdom's unicorn <laughs> i should clarify um i never like i was thinking about putting him into a deck but i never really found room i always kind of wanted if, yeah i've played him out of lion and a lot of other people have too and you get the most immense mileage out of him uh, admittedly the bar for a good card in a lion deck is a lot lower than in a unicorn deck <laughs> but, but but the Ivory Kingdom's Unicorn is definite stay out. Like, he just, he does so much. Like, first of all, it's four for three, right? So it's only three mm-hmm. fate for a four. He also no, converts. He no, he's no, four. No, he costs three. Oh, and has he's three, three costs. Yeah. Ah. But, um, like, I don't think he can have attachments, so you can't cloud him and stuff. And when he hits, I don't even think he has to break. It might just be a win. Either way, it doesn't matter if it's a break or a win. The fact that you can convert your political into a military um is super valuable mm. for lion because unicorn have got all those tricks that are built in right with captive audience and everything else but the ivory kingdom's unicorn also lets you double down so you can attack and then you immediately declare your next conflict so in between your opponent doesn't get to trigger like kuden bayushi or any of that nonsense the straighten people mm. it's just one mm. after the other um i think it is all those those 
toys together. And the fact it's got a dash for political means you're immune to a lot of nonsense with dual index and that. You know, it's got a picture of two lines on it, so it's kind of funny you say that you want to play it out of a lion deck. It seems like the, the picture on the card is not... Uh, it's like to be played against lion instead of with lion. No, 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 that's as intended, because the, the unicorn is a mount. They are oh, riding it. <laughs> yeah. They're not killing it. It's They're riding, they're riding the unicorn. It. Yeah. Oh, I see that now, actually. I see that. Yeah, it's, it's big enough to hold two. It's why it's so powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, it seemed, I, the other thing that I did in my unicorn deck is I took captive audience out. Admittedly, that hurt me in one of my games on the weekend, but it just felt like I had plenty of ways with uh, Khan's Ordu. Well, basically, I just needed Khan's Ordu uh, to flip the uh, conflict into military. And then at that point, you know, as soon as all of the conflicts in a turn are military, you've just got heaps of fucking steam, right? All your cards are on. You're basically only packing military buffs and you just smash some of, some of your opponent's provinces. Yeah, well, I mean, one way I've seen um, uh, Aaron over here, he came second in the Oz Discord League recently. He's mm. one of our local players. He, um, The way he used to run HMT for Unicorn is he didn't, like, he ran a couple of captive audience, but he often didn't really use his default conflict like his political he'd kind of use his hmt just to make his two conflicts each turn yeah just to make both yeah that's that's exactly that's what i was doing and he might poke with the little political one or something but um i mean now with unicorn you can really just go for gold and just crush all the way through but but that was super effective like it it was he did really really well um and still does like he's still a very strong player but um you know same with lion like you don't have to do you don't have to use all three conflicts like if you feel like you're going to get rolled in that political then you know step away from the edge don't do it yeah hey remind me to talk about that um lion deck that was in uh in athens i'm going to see if it's actually on imperial advisor um the other thing i was thinking about with the unicorn was um switching stuff into conflicts um aranat was not as helpful as i thought he was going to be in that deck why not like because i've not played with him yet but i want to because he looks i feel like like i'd have no issues just playing him in turn one and if you get him on turn one right so i paid i played four games and didn't get him so if you hard mulligan for him and i feel i feel like he's worth doing that for um like you you got the what is it like a, a reasonable chance of seeing one of three so the game plan seemed to be so the deck the deck structure is roughly um there's a reasonably heavy investment in the two cost slot what with you know border riders and the challenges and there's lots of good two cost uh characters there's a few in the three cost slot i kind of skip four uh, except for a couple a couple of four costers and then i go into fives and sixes for like charge targets um and on the first turn i really kind of i want to play a mid-range style where i'm going for a low investment turn one and i want my charges and things like that and even with two cost and one cost characters um and i play lion splash uh i was like you know getting heaps of value out of legion of one um just he you know heaps of military buffs uh and that sword of theirs the curved blade oh god that's so good so, but out of but when you're running three of Aranat, like are you running Shirashinjo? Shiro, no, I'm not. HMT. Well, I mean, Aranat, I think shines at it. Shirashinjo first and foremost. 
Um, like that's obviously a monster synergy, right? Because they either give him a ton of fate, or if they if it synergizes, but yes, yeah. Well, it, well, it does because either they put fate on Aranat, or they've got to reveal one of their things, and that means that Shiro Shinjo now is generating extra fate every turn because it's been mm. revealed, right? Yeah, fair. That's fair. So that's, I mean, to me, that was the obvious play for for Aranat. But um, once you've got him in play, if you're splashing Lion already. Like Aranat, it doesn't have to be on the table to be doing good work. Like you can drop, you can be in the discard, and if you do strengthen my ancestors, for example, like then just any one of your guys becomes a six six for your tiny shugs, and Unicorn have got tons of little Shigenja. I think that's that's a big part of what makes him good is that he's just this big fat body that you can use for with a lion splash that you're already doing like strength of my ancestors i think particularly like if you've got rogue political conflicts with some i don't know what's like one of the a me shoto wielder like the tiny little two two for one or two depending on the turn um to be able to kick him up to a six six is super handy do you like that card i don't, I, don't, I kind of took all of those cards out because i didn't really feel like i mean it's not really super efficient stats. It's not super efficient like um, Doom Shigenja is. I mean, the only reason I feel like I'm playing it is to be a, is to have a cheap body, but it's not Cav. It's only got two skill. I think it's only got two skill. I didn't really like it that much. It, yeah, it's a, it's. A, I think it's a two two one for two. But it's if you're playing with for little shugs, like it's a two two for one. Right, and the fact that you only have to pay one fate for it if you're going first, just means you've got this little body. It, it, the stats may not be spectacular, but if you just need a little guy, I mean, it's you can replace it with. Are there any other one cost shugs other than Wayfinder? Not, that not I many. Can think of like it's pretty cheap for a pretty strong keyword with things like that. Because if you've Satoshi'd and you've turned over Aranat and then Keepers and lots of cavalry dudes so you can cab reserves like it all mixes into that that unicorn machine you know to turn over all this big stuff in your discard and do all the awesome things with with yeah raised anyway effects, i guess i think it i think it is i think it was a lot of fun and uh it needs some more tuning but hey um your friend did he play crab splash or lion splash what was his thing uh, he dabbled in a few things, Aaron, over, over time. I think his primary was Splash. Uh, yeah, it was because this, this was, it was all back then when he was doing this stuff, it was, um, a like rebuild and reprieve, um, mm -hmm. with, uh, so it was like rebuilds for the Shiatomi encampments, for example. Um, yeah, yeah. That's actually what I was, I was thinking of doing was, um, yeah, rebuild into into some of the really good um, holdings, you know, the yurt and the encampments and things like that. Yeah, um, I mean, the yurts are great just to you know, keep you out of danger with dishonor and stuff like that. I tried using the some of the water cards. Uh, I didn't really find any of the water cards out of line to be, like, really appealing, so I tried to use that Shigendra that reduces the cost of events. But then actually... I never really ended up using that because, except because it's a Shigenja. I didn't really use its ability because um, I only had charge and uh, cavalry reserves that were events that actually cost fate. Everything else was free. Oh, yeah. No, that, is that the Mantis Tenkinja? 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. No, I think she's really good, but yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you're not paying for everything, then she's nowhere near as good all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, that's sad. Yeah. yeah, she's a two cost one two. Um, and if you've only got two fate on the table and you really need that cab reserves, you know, she's pretty pretty good to have on the table at the time. Mm, it's true. Oh, the other the other one, of course, with the lion splash is uh, classic goblin sneak, right? Steal the uh, fate from your opponent and use it to slap them in the face with your legion of one. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that, that's it. Add a unicorn when you're turning over your discard so much anyway. If you're running keep, you got to be keeper initiates for much the same. Mm. That free fate because they are super amazing. But that said, I think I find that by the time. You get some some good reliable keeper initiate turnover out of unicorn most of the time. The game's over, right? Like if you get into the end yes. of turn two or three and you haven't haven't won or almost won, then you're pretty well out of steam. Yeah, that's right. The game was definitely ending on turn two a lot of the time. Another thing that I tried in the deck was um, Ring of Binding. You know where the if you're first player, you don't discard fate or discard the character so it's kind of like a reprieve a little bit but um i found that i was always holding it and then any time I, I needed to discard a card like the my opponents were playing like uh night raid and and i was playing um uh spoils of war so occasionally i would need to discard a card and ring of binding was like the first one to just go yeah i mean if you're player one though and you've charged out chagatai this turn Oh, don't get me wrong. Like... That's that was the reason that he's in the deck, but um, it just never worked out that way. <laughs> yeah, but that's the same as everything, isn't it? Really, you just everyone needs the guidance of my no strength of my ancestors, guidance of the ancestors, the lion card that you play from your discard. Just keep that around so you don't feel bad about dumping cards. Yeah, actually, that's not a terrible idea, is it? Because you could use that with your um, uh, not Moto Seventh Legion. Uh, Moto Horde or uh, what's the one where you get to draw a card and gain a fate? Uh, that is the five cost of six three. I know the card you mean. I can't remember the title. True to form. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's super good. I know the one you mean. Yeah, this is the podcast where we spend more time wondering what the name of the card is than talking about the cards. Yeah, as soon as I know it, because I play it like because <laughs> it's fucking amazing, right? Yeah, it's bloody good. I actually had, so remember I said I had like three Aranats, uh, and I also had three other six-cost spots, mostly for charge. But I think probably what I'll do is I'll, am I going to reduce the Aranats? I think I'm going to reduce the Aranats and just see how it goes. And then I'm going to go for three of the six-cost, six-three. Um... See, I, I kind of feel like, if you're going to run Aaron out, I feel like you have to run three. Like, I feel like you need to maximize your chances of getting him turn one because that's where he's at his best. Actually, you know, I might be wrong. That might be mostly out of Shiro Shinjo. If you're trying to run him out of other boxes, you're probably. It's probably, yeah, it's probably not so important out of other things. It's just that in Shiro Shinjo, him. you drop him turn one and then your, your fate's off, right? Yeah, and uh, I think that um, you were right about the synergies, even though... Uh, so I really had a, a hard time deciding which stronghold to go with. I know Shiro Shinjo... I feel like I want to do something with Shiro Shinjo, but I don't think Shiro Shinjo is a really aggressive sort of deck, which is kind of what I wanted to go for. Um, and Aranat 
even in Shiro Shinjo, you buy him on turn one. Sure, he's great. I don't know. It just something something deep down just says, just buy a small guy. Maybe I've just been playing that like that for too long. But the thing I really want to do on turn one is buy a one coster, and I can fit like nine one costers in the deck, I think. So, uh, and then there's the conflict characters as well. So it kind of feels like if I bought Aaron out on turn one, what's he actually going to do for me on turn one? You know, he's going to attack once and bow. And then what? Anyway, that was just my line of thought. He can come Still out and do whatever he's going to do. Yeah. And um, once he lands on the table, though, he's either flipped all those provinces, right? Which is a pretty big deal on its own. Like, scout is super important. Um, mm. Or he's got a whole bunch of fate on him. And that fate is is pretty good. Like, it's just a 6-6. Six, six, it's going to stick around for, what, four or five turns. I know people hate him on a little bit, but I just don't think he's as bad as people say he is. I think he's got heaps and heaps of use. I mean, any 6-6 six, six is going to stay around for the length of the game, which is what you're talking about if they don't reveal anything. Um, yeah. is huge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, fair and enough. He, and he's not there for a... um. Aranat and Shiro Shinjo together, and Shiro Shinjo in particular, is not, you're right, it's not a fast deck. It's the opposite. You start at six and you build and you hold out in the meantime and then you have an overwhelming advantage. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with that. Like, Shiro Shinjo is, um, it plays a longer game. No, absolutely. Uh, By the uh, way, Minami Kazi regulars, that's the <laughs> That's the one. People were like screaming at their podcast before <laughs> when we could remember. Jacket, what it feels the heat. Yeah, people. I, I've got like images in my mind of like people on buses just screaming out Manami Kaze regulars on the bus. People looking <laughs> yeah, at them no, strangely. No, no. <laughs> hey, while I'm looking at this list of unicorn cards, I want to go back in time now that we've got some cards. Do you remember mm. War Dog Master? Yes. All right, two dash. Do you reckon that's at all playable now that you've got things like compass? Um, yeah, oh, comp that's actually not a bad idea. Let me just have a look at him. Um, I remember thinking about. I like. I glanced at the character as I was going through my um, cards, but I just immediately discounted it. After this character is declared as an attacker, discard the top card of your dynasty deck. This card gets plus X until the end of the conflict. X is the printed cost of the card. Printed cost of the card, so discard dynasty deck. Yeah, actually, not terribly bad if you're running a lot of, you know, sort of six cost characters. You can, six you can do like, like um, if you've done compass beforehand and you've filtered the top of your deck, or you've done walking the way and you know sort of what's on top there, then you drop like a late game Aranat and then this guy runs in as an, an eight strength. It's not awful. Compass is actually a pretty good card just on its own. I really um, rate it. I think Compass is fucking fantastic. Particularly, I run out a lot out of Scorpion. Um, mostly because I've got so many people in Scorpion with three political that you only really need the plus one from the Compass to make them threaten most provinces. Mm -hmm. You don't really have to kick them all the way to five with the fan. Um, so it's all you need and just get that extra utility out of either one of your decks. If you're looking to filter or, or whatever it's going to be. Um, yeah, I find it, I really like it. I think it's an awesome card. So, um, I don't think that I would include war dog masters. Um, I know he's kind of 
dumb on I know he's not so good on political conflicts, obviously, but I feel like I feel like you kind of need the compass in order to make this guy work still. Um so it means if you when you don't have the compass, you're gonna buy him. I probably wouldn't. So I probably yeah, for that reason right. I think I would include something I'd just always like to buy. Yeah, no, you're completely right. I mean, he's that's our complete fucking garbage. Yeah. <laughs> two two dash for three with two glory. So he's it's, he's it's so dumb. Even potato. <laughs> yeah. He's such a piece of crap. Um yeah. but that said, his ability isn't maybe all about him force or military skill. Maybe it's about turning the top of your deck over so you get more cavalry bodies for your reserves and stuff. Yeah. That's all I'm going to, we're losing credibility at an alarming rate right now. Like it's plummeting. <laughs> Unicorn players just like hitting stop. Go away. Unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Move along. Um fair. Well that you know, that's that was what I was doing on the weekend was fiddling around with Unicorn. I really wanted to play the new roles is kind of what I wanted to do. I didn't get a chance to get to my local game store this week because work kind of got in the way a bit. So this week, I invited a bunch of people around at my place, and we watched the Athens Cote, and we just played, you know, bunches of games with the new roles. At least oh, nice. I did, anyway. Yeah. What did you did do? You, like, have you played with the new roles? Uh, I have only a little bit. Um, not enough. So I've got a, a Scorpion Keeper of Air. I've been trying to, trying to vaguely assemble. Mm. Um, that's I'm. I think I'm. I'm trying to put too many janky win routes in there <laughs> with the yeah. dishonor so like i'm sort of at the moment it's got this weird balance of dial manipulation dueling milling and flat dishonor and it's just a bit too many moving parts <laughs> like when it all comes together it's fucking spectacular but that doesn't really happen very much so i've got to sort of pare it down quite a bit i think but um, I really enjoy the new cards. I think the problem I'm having with Scorpion Keeper of Air is that most of the decent stuff is Air or Keeper, and I've just played with both of those for ages. Like, I've done Keepers for ages out of Keeper of Earth. I've done Air for ages with Seeker of Air. Mm -hmm. Nothing feels new. It's not exciting. It's just a slightly different combination of the old tools. Um, I really like the new people, though. Like, the uh, Dairu is quite good, and I've been running Ryoko. Um, who's Dairu. the oh yeah, uh, yeah. Dairu Shoju's kid who steals status, but um, mm -hmm. Ryoko I quite like. Um, mostly actually just because of a stat line. I really like the three cost courtier, who's got three as a military. Um, it mm -hmm. just gives a, a really different kind of military availability to my deck without having to sacrifice so many, so many key keyword people like courtiers. So I can still run my four shames and my edicts and everything um with someone like her and her ability goes off now and then because i run spies at court um and she dishonors extra people when she makes people discard so um, spies at court okay. is a really underrated card i think it yeah. is so good the amount i i run three out of my kb deck because you can right oh, of course a, yeah kb running in not dishonored and then dishonoring at the end coming back it's super good <laughs> um yeah but I routine, but particularly like it feels way stronger when you run in with like an Earth Ring, right? And you take that out with an Earth Political, and they have to discard three cards. Yeah. Uh, and Crane players, I think, will will start to even more see see more of that as as they play 
with all their new stuff at the moment because they've got a lot of discarding parts coming up. But um, I found many, many a time when I've been on, you know, eight or nine cards and my opponent's on, what, three, two. Um, and at that point, you've got immense pressure on them because mm. you know, you're scorpion. Because they, they, they want to bid high, but then you've also got that honor pressure as well. Yeah, yeah so I mean, I don't necessarily bid high. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I don't pressure tons of honor out of KB. Mine's very much conquest. But um, so you're doing a KB keeper of air? Is that what you're doing? Uh no, no. So my my KB is, um, that's where I run Ryoko with a new card. But keeper of air, um, no, I run Hidden Moon. Um, and I've, I still have the same issues I had with Hidden Moon. Not Hidden Moon, sorry. Um, City Open Hand. Uh, still, oh, yeah, open, yeah. still have some of the same issues I've always had with it, where I pressure on a too much, or I drop my bid too low, too fast, and so I can't use my stronghold anymore mm-hmm. um, because of the honor differential. Um, obviously, your box is only on when you're lower than your opponent, so that's a bit tricky. But um, it does. I feel like City of the Open Hand is best used as a stronghold to just keep you alive more than it is to hurt your opponent because to really use it or to, to use it to drag your opponent all the way down you've got to have yourself in a really precarious position um and these days you're dealing with a lot of people out there are running fucking die shows and because of die shows even in and all cranes are often running all kinds of fucking what do you call it? The Ijatsu Master Training or Ijatsu Training, whatever it's called, where they can bit drop their dial by one. Unicorn have got a similar card in one of their people. Um, and a f- quite a few people are just running a Chihi contingency plan, I've noticed as well. Or I assume only one. I hope only one. Yes. Um, but otherwise, um, once you've dragged yourself too low out of open hand, it only takes one of those to sort of put you in a really bad position or one unfortunate conflict where you can't defend and they've run earth or air rather and you lose two you know it doesn't take much it's interesting that you mentioned contingency plan um because i've never really i've never really liked contingency plan as like a um as part of as part of the core strategy um but as just like a one-off in a deck whose strategy is to go for dishonor victory um it does is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about yes, like people no, are just absolutely. doing it? Yeah, okay. No, because it's not It's not just about... The thing is, there's so many duels now since the recent pack, or the recent few packs, actually, the Crane and then the um, Emperor pack as well, whatever it was called. What was it? Children of the Children Emperor. Children of the Empire. Yeah. Empire, yep. Children um, of the Emperor. Man, that shit. guy gets around. <laughs> well, he, he, his children are a very important part of this story at the moment, and they're <laughs> both almost released. Um, anyway, but... um. All the jewels that have come out make contingency plan way more effective because um, yeah. it's not just those dials every turn where you're drawing cards. Now it's just, oh well, I'm going to lose this shitty yeah, jewel anyway. Yeah. I may as well drop this card and make you lose an honor, and I'll gain one, and I'll just turn that into a card later, which is kind of mm-hmm. what that honor differential turns into. Um, so I think it's way more playable than it used to be. It won't be a dead card as often because if there's jewels around and any deck can include a bunch of jewels now, like you can force that stuff to happen and tap mm-hmm. your opponent. And even if you've got enough cards in your hand, because I think every clan now has plenty of ways to generate cards and, and force card draw if they really need to. Um, 
if you can do that, you know, you can turn it into a, oh, I'm going to lose one. I'm going to lose a card. You're going to lose an honor. I'm going to. And that's all I need to do this turn because, you know, I don't need to lose a lot. I remember Bill Kurlasami, he puts um, all or nothing into some of his decks in the, in the, and the idea is that you would go for like a ring of void, which is clearly a strong ring to go for most of the time. But then yep. every so often he'll use the um, all or nothing to just ping an honor or, you know, to just get a ring of air effect off to it's a, kind really of seal like the deal in some ways. I think all or nothing is fantastic because it's free and it's a cantrip, right? It just replaces it. It's a super, super good card. Yes, I, just... I forgot about that. Because it's draw a card as well, and it costs nothing. Yes. So yeah. it just lets you do some tricky stuff. Um, but every time I've tried to include it, I see all these other options, and I'm like, oh, I just... Yeah, and that's the thing. I right? have like, to cut it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's it, right? You get you get a lot of... There are so many cards that I would just love to play as part of a, as part of a core strategy, but I, I just, you know, they're just not quite as good as other cards. I think... Yeah, and all or nothing's like that. Yeah, I think it comes down to reliability. Like everything yeah. in this game, and it it has to be like a, it's there's too much of it for it not to be like a core design choice, right? It's on there. Mm. I'm sure it's at the top of their whiteboard in the office or something like that at FFG, where everything has like at least two criteria to be able to play it. Like the vast. Oh, you, majority. you think? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Look at all the cards. Like the only ones that don't. Like if you've got um, even. Route and Outwit, which are pretty straightforward cards, right? Pick an enemy unit, send them home. You have to be higher than them, and it has to be um, when it's opposed. Like, you, you have to have a person there doing it, and you have to be higher than them. And still, those cards are considered high enough in strength to require fate investment. Mm. Um you know what I mean? Like and like sabotage. Yeah. Like it, it's only Earth, and you've got that sort of trigger. But and only, also only during a military conflict. Only during a military and flick one thing. Like there's just so many, yeah, restrictions on them. And like bonsai is only once a conflict, and there's everything has got all these stipulations. And so many cards are when you are can when you have a contested person, and they you have more honor than them, and they are lower in political skill than you then do a thing um mm. and i think yeah i never really thought about it that way but yeah they do. like everything right. in this game has got conditions i don't know like the most straightforward cards in the game are like your fans and your katanas and even they are restricted um restricted limited you can only have one or two rather restricted yeah 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 um which is a terrible choice of word given they've got a restricted list as well but anyway um yeah, I, I think that makes a, a very big difference. But I think that's half of why the game feels like it has a pretty awesome skill curve. Um, because everything requires setup to some degree. Mm. Hey, I sent you a link uh, to the Athens um, Kote page on Imperial Advisor. Those guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, like all of this data that, that they put together for these events is awesome. Yeah, no, I really like it. It's, um, it's really interesting to go sort of over and just sort of... I feel like it's it's a very different environment over there. Like, that's what I get to the stuff whenever they post things like this. It's Yeah, like I really they, I really, I really like talking to those guys. Um, I, th I feel like they just have a different perspective on the game. Yeah, 
Nah, me too. And I, I enjoy it. I like to hear different because you hear, like the North American meta dominate. Feels like everywhere except Europe. Like that's what we base our play on is all the Jade Throne and and Anil and and Fro and all those guys that mm-hmm. you know have a very big online presence and they're very well known and they do very well. But um, it's really good to get that different perspective. I noticed Eric was still running Seeker of Fire, which I really like. That's what I'm yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting too. I saw him on screen. He's got like his stone roll card there. I'm like, yeah, man, make it work. Like you want it, uh, use it. Yeah. Now, Seeker of Fire is really, I have a crane deck at the moment, which admittedly I haven't played yet, but my row is Magistration, Feast or Famine, Abandoning Honor, and uh, Shameful Display. Mm-hmm. So they are the four choices that opponents have when they're running <laughs> into my row, and it's Shit. super feel good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think like feast or famine is still such a powerful card. Like it's a bit like rebuild. Like you don't quite it sneaks up on you a little bit. You know, uh, you yeah. don't you don't think it's, of it quite as right. much these days. It's not quite as prevalent. But when you hit it, man, it gets you. Yeah, I think the, yes, it is super good and super, super strong. I think the key card that does that, though, is that unicorn one, the 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 two-strength one that blows up the province on its own and just annihilates someone in the conflict. Oh, the unicorn one? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, the key. I, no I, one I, plays I that. I love like, that. Oh, I love hurts. that card. It hurts you, everyone I... just as bad. When it flips, it either yeah. breaks your opponent's heart or it does basically nothing and just dies. Because we were talking about like aggressive unicorn decks, I feel like that card has to be part of an aggressive unicorn deck as well as assassinates. Because you can have the greatest turn one you will ever have if they hit that. Even if they have two people there, they have to sack one of them, and then maybe you can assassinate the remaining person, and then they've basically got only one person in the conflict who's going to get bowed, and you can just yeah, you know yeah. roll over some of their provinces on turn one. It's the best. Nah, that is super good. I like it. Um, and I, when the card was originally, like, I think it must have been around the first World Championships where people were saying, I don't run it because people have to be running it and then they have to play around it regardless. And then, you know, it's basically done its work, even though I'm not running it. I thought to myself, yeah, or they could, you know, assume that you're not you're not running it for all the reasons that you just mentioned and not bother playing around it and have really good strong attacks against you so i feel like i'm of the opinion that unicorn players should be running that province because it's a great province this it is super super good except when it's not like if you don't have the assassinate they poke you with a they poke with like an utaku infantry yeah, they don't. Like, yeah, they don't need the assassination. And do you know what? If they, yeah, if they attack with the Otaku infantry, with the with the idea of like, oh, I'm just going to go scouting or whatever, you don't have to break it. You can not, you know, and defend and get yourself a ring. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I'll tell you though, what I find particularly good about that province is that um, the conflict still happens. Yes, so that's right. Still, <laughs> so you've probably just blown up whoever's attacking. You can just throw some chud in there, and you're just going to take the ring, just cause. I mean, you don't get to resolve it, but you know, bit of bit of favor at the end of the turn. Mm-hmm. I've had all kinds of 
yeah, doubling out. You still have to defend, otherwise you lose the honor and all that stupid nonsense. But mm-hmm. yeah, but no, it's a good card. Right. So I sent you that link because um, I want to talk about this lion deck because I think this might be a, a variation on the lion deck that made it into Worlds last year. Um, I think it might have gone top sixteen or something at Worlds, and I was I thought it was really cool and I enjoyed watching it uh, being played again because I'm wondering. Is this the way you have to play Lion now, right? So for people that don't know, um, maybe we'll put a link in the uh, the show notes. How's that? Yeah, I think we we've, so we've said that in the past, but we've never put links in the show notes. So this time we will. Oh, look at oh, is this a Kodo Harters deck? Yes, yeah, Kodo Harters. Um, so it's right. Yojin no Shiro, which is old box Lion, right? Yep, yep. Um, fertile fields, upholding authority, meditations, shameful, and art of war with oh, support, support of the scorpion. old school rogue, except for upholding. I know, yeah, but it's it's still really good, right? Upholding and art of war, they're good on break provinces. Shameful display, good province. Meditations on the tower, on the Dow. Is it Tower or Dow? I don't know. Um, it's an okay province. It's you know, it's fine. They attack you with somebody. They attack with somebody with fate. It's you know does a bit of damage yeah, and yeah. fertile fields i'm guessing that's on the box for late game yeah is it i maybe it's shameful? Even, it's even shameful oh i shameful always feel like you should have well you're running support of the scorpion so i feel like you're putting some honor pressure on your opponent so it kind of feels like that one's in your row i can't remember no, how i think you'd be surprised like most of the pr- Honor pressure out of Scorpion comes from the keep of roll locked card, right? It's all about um, backhand and compliment, which you can only run if you're a keeper. Mm, so it doesn't really work. Yeah. Like, hmm. like he, he's running edicts and calling in favors. Like he's just gone to Scorpion because they have answers for everything, and he's just yeah. scooped them all up. Which is well, really you good. could. Yeah, I, I I always thought that. Um... Fate worse than death would have been the card to play, but he's he's running Forged Edict. So if you look at his Dynasty deck, he's got Orator, Prodigy, Brawler as like the um, what what are they called? Courtiers and Ikehara as courtiers. Um, so you can just cancel your your stuff, and then he seems to be running. I was going to say he seems to be running uh, like a decent number of military buffs, but he, he actually doesn't. I really don't know what this deck is kind of supposed to do, but clearly it's got some play to it. Sorry, what was that? Oh, it's hard to say. He could just be an absolute ninja with the way he plays. Like, he could be super good, right? Well, no, yeah. No, right. I mean, pilot's I, just I, like a champ, but... yeah. I'm I'm totally going to build this deck and give it a go because I mean it just looks awesome. He's got one hand to hand and one Kureko. Uh one way of the line yeah. because why not? Um one court mask. Uh, oh, he's got two collectors in there and a Kikuyo. And a Kikuyo? Yes. I think the collectors make sense, right? Because you're playing forged edict um and if your opponent is, and you could put it on guys that your opponent wants to cloud or you could put it on guys that your opponent's already clouded and then collect the the Dishonored token and the cloud off of it. He's got a hand to hand in there, I think. Yes, he does. That was a court mask. Uh, yeah, he's got all kinds yeah. of weird toys in there. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And the and the fact that it it does uh, that it went to top sixteen in this event, which had I think had sixty something players in it, is just 
awesome. I just love this. Is he running a Koma Orator? Is that the new one? Uh, if I'm not Orator. mistaken, that card is absolute garbage. Well, let's have a look. Koma Orator. While you are more honorable than your opponent, this character gets plus two political. It is a 2-2-1 two, two, with one glory. Yeah, that card could basically go die in a fire. It's the worst. I have no respect for that card at all. Why Dude, would you in the description... That? Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just curious. I'm trying to figure out why you'd run that instead of anything else. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's a courtier. It's it's clearly it's got to be because it's a courtier, right? No, but, but lion have other options. Like they've got the the prodigy, There's... which I, th I think the prodigy is the one that gains you an honor if you put a fate on it when she comes out. But then there's the the two coster that has three glory, and if you are more honorable oh, yeah. than your opponent, she auto honors herself. Like the older. Yeah, that. and then she becomes a four. Yeah. Yeah, with a dash of military, which is handy. Oh, Ikahata. So I think this is just basically. I, I think the game plan is he's got a bunch of stuff like obstinate recruits and other bits and pieces. I think he leverages all of the lion clan so long as my honor is higher than yours mechanics. But he does it in reverse, so he's he's su so you're suppressing your opponent's honor instead of building your own. Which, it, well, that's what it's looking like. Actually, I'm curious if that credit to Turi is the in clan one or the neutral. Yeah, because the neutral it's it's in clan. It's definitely in clan. And yeah, okay. um, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but there are three obstinate recruits in there, so that yeah, you yeah. can not get passing fate. In, you know, during the dynasty phase. So if you actually click on the link that takes you to the Five Rings DB page, the second, the first line of the second paragraph says the play style is standard and so is the obvious. And I'm thinking, what, what's, what's standard and what's obvious? I don't, I don't understand. Um, yeah, well, I think yeah. if you, if he's old box though, if you look at it, like he's got, there's a lot of cheap bodies. There, like there's not much to invest in. Um, so I think if you just He's obviously just leveraging it. He's got his courtiers. He's got plenty of political bump in there, I think. Like, yeah, he's, def he's definitely trying to go for both both conflicts. I mean, yeah, because you can't... It's not HMT where you can have two military conflicts. Yeah, but and I, I think, think that's maybe the thing. And also, conflict. I think... Pete, what's his restricted card? Oh, Forged Edict. Okay. Mm. No, I really like it. I, I rate it. It's, it's awesome. I want to see it played, actually. Quite exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna build it pretty much after this podcast, whilst Game of Thrones is yeah. <clears throat> streaming. Um yeah, okay. No, I dig it. And it's Yeah, I'm really curious. Uh, is there mm. I wonder if there's like a streamed There is, there is, there's a streamed game. Oh in, in the show notes I'll put the um the link to the stream so you can look at the uh the games from Athens as well. It was really good. Do you know if Denver was streamed? Uh, yes, I think it's on uh, Bushi Builders front Bushi page. Builder. There are there are parts there. All right, cool. Links in the description, everyone. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, no, I so, did that. Yeah, I, th I, I, yeah, I, uh, I really like this deck. I can't wait to see. Can't wait to glean the ways of um, this mad alchemist's creation. Um, I did also manage to play some games with the Phoenix, the Secret Void Phoenix. Have oh yeah, you, how'd you go? Have you seen anybody play uh, with that yet? 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, a little bit. It's it's good. It's just shameful and Kurimori together. They're just good. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard to. I mean, that's what it's all about. I think I haven't seen anything else spectacular. I mean, seeker rolls are fine. You can still run five fires and everything else. Um, Void does. Yeah, so the two provinces. So the changes to the core deck are uh, Path of Man is the new um, or was it Embrace the Void so you can get your feedback. Um, and I want to I want to try out that new the Gift of Amaterasu where if you win by five you can honor a person. I feel like I feel like that could be useful in a phoenix deck these days don't know where don't know where it goes in the slot yes um, but if you wanted to do that why would you not instead run the air roll and then just keep her there yeah and then just splash green and because because kuro mori and um uh shameful display are amazing amazing yeah, i feel you yeah they are they are very very good you know what I was thinking about? Actually, before I get onto that, um, I think I think I said last week about what uh, I thought the row should be, or what I was going to try out for the row, which was um, Elemental Fury, Kuromori, Shameful Display, and uh, what's the Earth one? Upholding Authority. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good row. That's a very challenging row to get through. And then on the stronghold, I put an air roll, which is um, fertile fields, just you know, for some card draw, late game. Because I think people have got me down on low bids uh, in the late game, so it helps a lot. The um, elemental fury yeah. in the row is so much fun. Uh, like people attack you on one thing and then you switch it to another thing like fire or water and you can display a power it there's you can't i can't say enough for being able to control what ring your opponent's attacking on i feel yeah, like it it's really, really good. good it's yeah. really good it's it feels solid you know it feels like you've got uh control over the conflict if you if the if the attacking on a ring that you find favorable yeah as i said the the fate thing spoiled it for me when I was running that one, that hurt too bad. Like where the if I pick... also like if they attack you and they claim fate off the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. If then you want to swap it to another it. ring, then they get the fate a second time off the other ring if you want to use yeah. that one. Um, so which is too rough. People have been trying out Know the World. Um, if you play Know the World, you actually get the fate off the ring that you swap it for. Um, which I I don't know if I will keep using Know the World. Because I think I've only tried to play it once, and I think it got cancelled. So for me, it's it a one-off. It's the same as Karmic Twist. Like you have one in your deck, and then you can just I... like turn it over with Ki if you need it too late. Need it later if there's a really good opportunity. If you've drawn it, so I think you're right. You only need one of it, but if you need it just about every game, then you need two of them in the deck just so that you can draw it, even though you draw. Yeah, when could you ever really need that card, with... though? So that's the thing. So that, the nerf to Tadaka is, as we kind of predicted, not really a nerf. I mean, it it is, but it's also still very strong. So it's the it's the winner at the moment, I think, for restricted pick. Um, when do you need it? 
I don't know if you ever need it, but you certainly want it to maintain momentum, right? So you want it for Prodigy Waves, you want it for Solemn Scholar, and you want it for uh, Tadaka. And I want it to deny my opponent the Ring of Void. So yeah. I can just keep keep my board together. Yeah, no, I feel that. I mean, I think it just feels very expensive for me for what it does. Sometimes, as I said, I think it's the sort of thing I like to have in the toolbox. And by toolbox, I mean my discard pile. And then yeah. <laughs> later uh, on, yeah. I can just KI and go, oh, you know what? There's three fate on that air ring, but I really don't want to be going for the air ring. I might just take that now so that my opponent can't. Something like mm -hmm. that, I think, is where I tend to use it, which is probably not the most tactical move. It's pretty brazen just dealing fate yeah. offerings for no reason. But um, even I've used it once or twice, actually, to double down on the same ring. So, like, you, you claim Earth, and then your opponent gets a crack. Then you sweep, switch Earth back in, and then you go for Earth again um, and hit it multiple times. So that's quite handy as well. It's a, it's a bit of a utility knife card, I think. Let's you do plenty of cool things. You never really know how it's going to do you great big wonders until it does. Mm. Yeah, it's a challenging it's a challenging card. Um, have you played anything else? Um, I'm trying to think what we played on the weekend. So I, I'm still predominantly running my Huden Bayushi Seeker of Air. Um, so I played against Crane. Um, with their nonsensical duels and all their new cards. Um, it was good fun to see it all. Um, Daidoji Uji is a, <laughs> a beast. Um, he didn't <laughs> really... Well, I didn't suffer too much, but it's because he sort of hit the table and I just kind of panicked, and I just started... Like, <laughs> every, every, no, because he came out turn one, and he had fade oh. on him, and everything. I was like, oh, this is unfortunate. And I just... I just sort of started hurling everything at him. Like he was, he, I think he got honored once and that lasted one, not whole game turn. I mean, like my next action, I had him down again. Action. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like my next action, I had him, I had that on a token removed and then I just kept stripping stuff off him until he was gone. I think I ended up straight up assassinating him with Aramura, I think, and a four point make an opening. I think just took him off the table because I was over his book. Over his bullshit, mm -hmm. he was too scary. But um, but he's a very effective card. Toshimoko is still frustrating. Um, I you play around him, but he just gets to he messes up the way you play Toshimoko. Like you have to just bend everything around him, or any anything you invest in that conflict is probably for naught. Like he just neutralizes everything. Yeah, I've always thought of him as a bit of a defensive card. Isn't he? Isn't he mostly defensive? Yeah, and if you're if you're going for like breaks and stuff, yeah, are you going for breaks? Are you playing KM? Did you say? Uh, sorry, KB. KB, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's conquest. It's all okay, breaks. yeah, but, okay, um, going for breaks. But Toshimoko, the thing is, like, when you're if you're running um, favorable ground or anything that's gonna let you do movement, right? Any kind of moves at all, you can attack with Toshimoko. Yeah, you know, and, and you usually you tear him up to make him a big fat duelist so he can do his thing. Um and he's got all the good traits for duelists, so just being in a conflict in with him is super mm. daunting. Yeah, you can um he you can duel Yeah, like you you can just load him up to break stuff, and then if that doesn't work out, then you can kind of neutralize the conflict. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So but if um if yeah, if he's bowed for the for a conquest and you've attacked 
then you can just favorable ground him into something defensively. And at the end of that conflict, even though he's bad, he can still just duel and make the whole thing a draw, and it doesn't matter. I think mm. what makes him, for me, the the strongest, I think, is that versus Phoenix, all those cards like Prodigy of the Waves and um, any other cards that just say, uh, like a Sakasuki, where when the ring is claimed, and it doesn't matter who claims it, the fact that he can just draw a conflict so the ring goes back, mm. I think is super important. I think that's mm. that would be a really big boon versus Phoenix because it sucks, right? When Phoenix come at you with a water, and you're like, "Well, it doesn't matter if I defend or not," because what I, I don't care what they do, I don't care if they break. What I want is all those triggers not to take place, and if I win, they still happen. Um, and that's hard, mm. hard to do anything about. Hard, <laughs> like it's hard to force a draw, I guess. Yeah, drawing a conflict is actually really good. I always feel very good when you're kind of on the defense. So again, with the the Phoenix, right? So people attack him with characters that have a dash on a particular skill. So you can switch the conflict with Kuroimori. And then yeah. and then people sort of throw their hands up and go, well, I guess I'm done with that conflict. Feels really good. But it doesn't doesn't happen uh, enough drawing a conflict. It's good. feels good when you can do it. Yeah. I think the fact that the ring just doesn't get... You've got those extra options. And I mean, if you're doing stuff... Because you've got like, to... Uh, yeah, you uh, got to think of sorry, you got to think yeah, of the conflict as a resource, right? Yeah. So just like fate, just like honor, you've got a resource which is two conflicts per turn. So if you can nullify your opponent's conflicts and they can't nullify yours or they don't nullify yours, you you've and that's kind of I don't know what to say it's the currency of the game, but it's 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 very key to the game because the game's all about winning conflicts. So if you deny your opponent's conflicts, you deny them their ability to win the game in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, and that's that's absolutely right. Like it just um I feel like as well, if you could swing it into something like an HMT where you know, if you, I'm not sure if you've played much HMT versus HMT, like Lion V Unicorn or Mirrors, where it's often all about who can get the most rings because once you're out of rings, you can't declare anymore. Yeah, that's right. The person that goes first can actually declare most conflicts in that scenario, assuming both strongholds trigger. Yeah, but um, that's just going to happen more now that you've got the new green card. Right? If they win, they can declare a political. Um, so you get a third conflict, and any clan now can run that card because it's mm -hmm. completely splashable. Um, so the availability for three conflicts a turn is just opened up to everybody. Uh, I suppose technically, you know, if you have two of those in your hand, you can anyone can run four conflicts in a turn as well. I don't think there's a limit. What's the um, what's the crane pack called? Masters of Court. There we go. Yeah, that's the one. It just occurred to me that I actually um, not that familiar with the cards that are in the deck, other than the Phoenix one, which I'm not really sure it's that great. There's people are still just dabbling with them. Like there's cool stuff. So there's like uh, Ryoku, um, uh, Courtier. I think she's dash for military three for three cost for two glory. And if you have the imperial favor as an action, she can just honor someone, which is pretty good. I mean they've just got tons oh, of. Hang on, what Ray Ryoku? What's that? Ryoko or Ryoku with a U? Ryo. Daidoji or Doji Ryoku? It's just a little Do -do 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 -do. Uh, that is not the person I'm talking about. <laughs> he's he's a different beast. Hang on, I'll find it for you. Yeah, please. I can't 
can't see it on my list. I'm on Five Rings DB. Yeah. Sorry, we're talking. Gossip. Have you, have you had anybody play Gossip against you? Because that got I a have, lot of like. I ha have actually. Um, unfortunately, my opponent did not guess the right card, so I didn't have it in my hand. But they did the right thing with it. They wanted. They went to set up a big play, and they said, "Oh, I'm going to do Forge D deck." As long as I'm thinking of the right card, right? Oh, yeah. Gossip, the one where yeah. you ban a card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's but right. Yeah. They they went. They said Forge Edict, and I was like, all right, yeah, it's, I don't have one, but good call, you know. Um, well, I mean, one way or the other, you're not going to play it, right? Either you don't have you one, need. or you have one and you can't play it. That's absolutely right. I mean, I had I run one Sentra in mine, but um, it didn't matter. In, I didn't have it even available, but um, yeah, but that's the right thing to do. Like, th there's a lot of value, I think, in this game in feeling safe. Like, to be able to say, oh, I don't want you to play. I'm going to attack you right now, and I really just don't want to see Miramoto's Day Show at all. So I'm going to gossip yeah. about it, and I, if I see that card, great. <laughs> as many jewels as you want, as long as I'm not losing a 1,000. How does that work? Pe people are like, oh, maybe he's got a Day Show. Oh, yes, maybe he's got a Day Show. You better not bring it out, because we've been gossiping about it. Gossiping about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just I think you tilt them, right? Like you trash talk them heaps, other people, and they're like, Oh fuck, what am I gonna do? And they forget Like it's dishonorable to use the die show, so therefore if we if we spread that rumor, then he won't play it or he won't use it. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something Could like be. that. Must be. So um the person we're talking about is Kakita Ryoku. Kakita Ryoku. Why isn't it on my list? That is so weird. Mm. Um, okay, oh well, never mind. What does she do? Okay, here we go, Hang on. I'm paste it for you. And you can read it for the world. Uh, Alright. So she's three for a one, three. <coughs> oh, actually. Three. So I've, I've seen this picture a lot on um, streams and things like that. Uh, Korean Dynasty, three cost, one, three, two glory. Reaction after a phase begins. If you have the Imperial favor, choose a character, honor that character. My God. That's it's not bad. That's not like bad. five, that's five characters honored in a turn, potentially. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the other super amazing card, which I haven't actually, like I've seen it on the table, but it's not me yet, is Kakita Yuri. I'm not sure if you've been through him, but he's savage. Uh, three cost, zero, three, two glory. During a conflict, initiate a political duel against a character opponent controls of his or her choice. Resolve the duel. Uh, the controller of the duel's loser cannot declare military conflicts this phase. Yeah, Actually, it's fantastic. And he's so, a courtier duelist. Yeah, yeah there's heaps. They've good. got lots of built-in duelists. Super mm. easy to trigger all their have cool you, cards. Have you seen anybody run Winter Court hosts? No. Because no, I no, thought no. that card would just be amazing. That's the so six cost. Why is Winter Hort Court host? Why do you think that's amazing versus, say, Bayushi's Whisper? Bayushi's Whisper. Okay. Let's see. Cost yeah, six cost, two, seven, right. three glory. Um, after your after your opponent plays a card during a conflict in which this character is participating, if you are more honorable than your opponent, draw a card. Unlimited. Because. It lets you draw shitloads of cards, right? So, one of two outcomes seem likely to me. Um, you play this person. You've you've obviously got a lot of fate because it's you know six coster. Um, 
you put this person into a conflict. So your opponent's either going to not block the conflict and it's strong enough to it's strong enough to win that conflict, either on military or on political, because it's got three glory in your crane. Uh, or uh, they're going to try and defend this conflict because it matters and they're going to need to play cards if they want to try and uh, defeat this, this character in an attack. And you're going to be drawing cards off the back of that. So okay. it feels it feels unbeatable because every time they play a card, you draw a card that you can play, which forces them into a situation where they have to play a card where you draw a card that you can play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I mean... Like, but you contrast that to Beju's Whisperer, right? Which is, a, so it's 3-6, so not quite as strong on political, slightly better on military, no glory, no attachments. But you, during the phase, you can just look at your opponent's hand, uh -huh. which is, first of all, an amazing ability. Like, Scout is so strong. But sure. just pick pick any one of those cards, and that card just can't be played. Sure. Like but that, that's only one That's only one card. Or or in any number of those cards, one to three, right? Yeah, depending on like, how many they so, are. So, okay, so you can't cancel. I know exactly what you've got. But a quote, Remedy, back in the day, he said, look, if you can, once you've scouted your opponent's hand, you've just enabled yourself the ability to play a perfect turn if, you've, yeah. if you're a good enough player. Like, yeah. you, you know every answer that's coming. You know everything that's up. And I think that's just super but at strong. The same, at the same time, you, you definitely can allow yourself to play a perfect turn, but a perfect turn isn't a turn that you're going to win absolutely everything. It's a turn where you're going to get the most optimal lines of play all the time. And that still might only lead you to, you know, a suboptimal outcome. Like maybe you look at their hand and you go, well, okay, I guess I can't win any military conflicts this turn. Do you know? It doesn't get, yeah, absolutely. But then yeah. what you've saved yourself though, you're no longer doing that military and you're not Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying is that yeah, what I'm saying is that when you say it's like the most optimal thing per turn, granted uh, that's very good, but it's not always the outcome that you're desiring. The outcome that you're desiring is probably I'm going to attack military and I'm going to get all the advantage and my opponent's going to get none of the advantage. And then I'm going to attack political and then the same thing's going to happen. Uh, whereas, and when this, that, when Bayushi's Whisperer's ability goes off, all it really does is let you see whether or not that's, you know, likely or not. And it's, I think, at least as likely to be not the case as it is to be the case. It's like, you remember the legend of the Cyclops? I don't know if it's the legend, but it was like they were granted the ability to see the future at the cost of one of their eyes, but the only future they could see was like their own death. You know? It's oh, yeah. a bit like that. That's that's what I imagine Peyushi's Whispers is like, oh, there are all these there are all these things that we know, but not much we can do about them. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, no, that's all. I just thought it was very interesting contrast because I think they're very comparable cards. They just sort of do the opposite to each other. Um, Whereas this card, it doesn't give you that sort of foresight, right? But um, one would assume that you're playing a deck where all of the cards are useful in in most of the scenarios, in in scenarios that you want to be engaged in. Um, so you get yourself some Winter Court hosts, and it's it's not quite like a Watch Commander. Like your opponent isn't denied from playing cards it's just that every time they play a card like when you think about playing a bonsai these days your opponent is just as likely to have a bonsai so they kind of cancel each other out um yeah. so in this way they play a bonsai and if you didn't have a bonsai you could draw a bonsai or 
a sword or a way the crane or something that's you know comparable which kind of lessens it lessens the effectiveness of the card your opponent just played the only yeah. real downside of this card that i can see is it's an enormous cost you know you you actually it's like um all the six costs except for probably fushicho and what's the unicorn one ararat aranet yeah. where where after paying the six you actually get some value on some fate recoup on the back end so with uh, the phoenix when you pay six maybe you get another five fate worth of value when it leaves play for your next turn and and in that way you kind of didn't pay six you paid you know some 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 strange number in between those the two characters that you brought out yeah, and aranat you got six, and then for every one that your opponent sort of gave you, that's like another six. So after two fades, it's almost like you paid two for this six-six character. So the only drawback of Windsor Court Hosts, in my mind, just seems to be that you're going to pay this six, and that's it. You've paid six. You know, you you need to make this card work now. Yeah, that said, I think um, in retrospect, looking at the ability, the fact that it's unlimited. Um, mm. And you, there's no attachment, so it's not likely to get super clouded. Well, it's not going to get clouded, period. But it's not going to get blanked yeah. maybe turn by turn. But yeah. That's think, like the one card your opponent can't play on this character yeah. to let you draw a card. <laughs> but I think um, that unlimited ability, I think any kind of movement effects, like your favorable ground or any of the various unicorn cards that aren't attachments, to be able to just flick that character into another conflict, mm. even if it's bowed, right? Even if it's not contributing, you're still just going to draw cards every time it's in there. For everything mm -hmm. your opponent plays, so I think you can get a lot of leverage out of that. So I think in, in that instance, sure. But as you say, the the cost is massive. Yeah. Um, so the only other crane card I'd point out out of that pack as a note is the Kakita Dojo. I actually found quite strong when I was playing against it. Um, uh, mostly because yeah, the really... jewel just shuts off your abilities. Do you mean the stronghold? I don't actually have a Kakita Dojo on my. Kakita list. Dojo is okay. So it's a holding. Yeah. It's plus one and. Dojo, and it's just got an, it's got a jewel on it as an action, a military jewel. Action, military jewel during a conflict. Um, at the end of the con until the end of the, so the winner at, until the end of the conflict, the jewel's loser can't trigger its abilities. So it's sort of a, a lesser cloud, I guess. Like it turns off previous oh, abilities. Um, that and one if came you got a jewel, the empire. It, oh, did it? Yeah. I thought, Oh, I must be thinking. Yeah. Of oh, okay, wrong dojo. That's why it's now I know why it's not on my list. Yeah, no, but that one Kikita dojo, even if it was children, I, I found that really good to play against. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it bows you as well is super strong. The distinguished dojo, sorry, that's what I was thinking of, which is the new one, gives you honor, which is fine, but you know. Yeah, the dis the the one. This is the one. The distinguished dojo is the one that lets you sort of sack it for honor. Um, yeah, I could see that getting out of control though break the like if you flip that over the top of a pilgrimage or something it'd be um a bit of a bad time that's true I, i'm very interested to see kind of where that card goes um the more cards like they print the more niche decks get yeah. and that's what i'm really looking forward to that well i mean it's only three times a turn right so if you manage to get three jewels off in two different turns you burn that for six honor which is a massive swing in this game five honor six right because you place one on and then you sack it yeah but the ability is only three times per round so yes. it means you can get three on the first round 
two on the second and then the third trigger on the second round you actually don't gain the honor you have to oh do you gain the honor yeah 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 because you place, place a, token. a token oh okay then you can sacrifice it to gain the stuffs oh that's interesting i thought i thought that it was either gain the honor that was already on it or place one that's what i thought it was nah it's both so but you gotta you blow up the whole huh. you only get one amount so you run that you can build it up build it up but if somehow you run out of times to win conflict, win duels. Yeah, um, that actually got that actually got a lot better all of a sudden. If it's like both, I thought it was one or the other. Anyway, no, clearly not. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're pushing that Aaron ten. So, is there anything else you wanted to throw down before we bow out? Mate, I could I could go on. Yeah, I'm I'm quite the same. I'm a bit of a. Um. The only the only thing just in the whole crane sort of uh, area was that in one of the games that was on stream for Athens, Eric was on stream, and I seem to recall he had he was playing. Um, what's the one where is it formal invitation where like you put it on someone and they can move into conflicts? Yeah, only into political conflicts, and it can only go on people. So it can harpoon With as two well. Two glory or higher or something, right? Two glory or higher, and it gives you plus one political, but it's free. Um, yeah. But it, the, I think the strength of that comes in the fact that it can harpoon into political conflicts. Yes. Good. Yeah. And it persists turn to turn. So you can harpoon Shoju every turn or whatever you want to do, whichever chump. Yeah. I don't know. Kesada probably be great fun to harpoon into political conflicts every turn. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought that was interesting. That was the only thing that, as we were talking, I thought uh, would be worth a mention. Yeah. No, I, I rate that card. I think um, that's another reason I really like the. Seeker of Fire for Crane is your own threat, your Dragon Split, and the Ancestor card where everything gets ancestral. And Crane have got just access to a lot of free attachments, so you can just load up some three costs that can't be assassinated with heaps of gear like those, and um, they can just get them all back when he dies, and you just fill your hand up again with a whole bunch of free stuff. <laughs> Works like real it. good. You know, I actually did play against somebody at. Uh, worlds last year who had a deck like that i think simkov actually played against that person as well during one of his rounds he had this crazy weird deck which was really just all about like attachments and he would like attach stuff to his guys and then when the guy leaves play he would get all the attachments back and things like that and then when he was playing his deck he was kind of rping at the same time so he's like the new 10 master will not block this conflict for he was honorable and he will allow the phoenix player to observe his beautiful manicured garden you know things yeah, like that like <laughs> it's it. really good i like it yeah the adopted kid that's kind of thinking of but I, I like it look i think um i really like that uh honor of the crane pack seems to have unlocked the potential for maybe honor victories to start happening with a little more regular um mm -hmm. That said, I I resent the fact that most of that comes from Miramoto Daisho. Like that one card. Like they've tried to in, in in Crane. In everything. Like Miramoto Daisho, I think, is the biggest honor and dishonor generation card in the game. Like it just, Yeah, certainly, yeah. It's even bigger than City of the Open Hand, right? Oh for sure. Like it just it, yeah. so I mean you have to back it up with jewels, so it's absolutely a combo pick, but it, once, it, once it's on, it's on and it's huge. Like you have mm. to destroy it. I mean, that's the, I've I bumped up my um, calling in favors in my KB deck to three for exactly that reason. And now, you know, there's not not much in the game feels as good as stealing someone's Miramoto Deshu, taking it away, mm. 
Um, the only thing I think comes close is when they've reprieved. Reprieve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right in that last phase. Um, anytime, anytime. Like, so in in the Phoenix deck, uh, you got your let goes and you got your Mere Mystics, and it's it's for all of those nasty attachments, obviously. But the ones at the top of the list are like the Talisman and the Reprieve and the Cloud, and I guess the Mirror Motors Dice Show. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, the thing is with the Dice Show, I think what frustrates me about it, because we're having a Friday night job pass, we all played at um, Stratagem, one of the local stores here. Um, and we're having a conversation as we're all just playing casuals and just talking about how versus these crane jewel decks with Miramoto Day shows, the tactic is just don't engage in the conflicts, just don't fight. It's it's too hard. As soon as you're in there, all their jewels yeah. will be disabled. Just don't defend, let them do what they want, fight back. If they come in, then try to get rid of them. You know, but mostly it feels don't engage. Yeah, it feels like that's definitely a turn one, turn two type of strategy. By turn three, it feels like the game is getting to a stage where you're forced to in engage a bit more with your opponent because depending on who went first will will sort of depend on who's got the first opportunity to go for the stronghold break. So then, you know, somebody's got to defend something. Um, but by that time, hopefully you've, you've drawn, you know, a decent amount of your deck into your hands that you can make something happen. Yeah. I think what i find hardest about those that day show jewel mechanic is that jewels you're supposed to be able to invest in honor to win the jewel right so yes you throw down. yes and yep. the day show sort of makes it where it doesn't matter what you do either way well yeah because it's plus two just to start with right yeah so it's like what what do you really need to bid really but Not most much. of the time against well because those they, they get so they're huge they're normally some yeah. giant body it'll have the day yatsu master or a formal invitation or something else will be there with it um yeah. there isn't obviously a restricted card because day show counts as two slots but mm -hmm. once it's on there and you've got this giant body and if versus crane it's always honored most of the time in dragon it will be as well um and you even most of the time, you can't even bid five. Like, even five won't get Like, now and then, I've done the cheeky Bayeshi Manipulator and sort of snuck in a bit of six and, mm -hmm. like, taken out the policy debate or whatever, but, you know, that five on a swing is not really worth it. You sort of do it for, for lols, right? Like, yeah. just for a laugh. But, um... <laughs> so, sometimes it's worth it, but most of the time, not so much. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there are all these good ideas like Miramoto Daisho and uh, the Cancel Jewel, so Defend Your Honor. They all individually seem like good ideas, but they all came together to make a really strong force of cards that they said they didn't want. Like, they didn't want to have Honor Victories be really turned on, but um, they have accidentally with these... <laughs> They have. Like, there's no way it was on purpose because they're so tentative about honor generation cards. And Miramoto Show in particular, I can see that card getting errated actually later on. I can see that being another target. I can see that becoming a reaction when you enter a duel, your opponent cannot bid one or five instead of yeah. just a trick that's always on. I can see that absolutely happening. Mm. Just like Yatsu Master. Because Yatsu Master does much the same thing. Oh, Aijutsu, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it is that reaction, so it's only activatable once a turn. So it's not quite as heavy. Mm. 
interesting yeah it's interesting how when cards just get out there that um they have these unexpected kind of uses um it's it, it seems it seems like sometimes um it seems like sometimes you look at a card and go well how did this how did this card come into existence um I don't know. yeah it's almost like the thing is like outside of familiar Dacia outside of what it's currently doing which is being used to generate honor and dishonor opponents i'm not sure what else they could have expected that trait to do like you don't want your yeah. opponent bidding higher you sort yeah. of restrict their options but it's costed very heavily um like you see what i mean i don't i don't know what else the intent could have been um yeah but I'm know. confident it's not what it's doing. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. That's the and then there's the intent versus the way the card block gets written versus how the card actually mechanically interacts with the rest of the card pool. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? That's probably a topic for another day. Yep, agreed. Uh, did you want to like shout out anybody or plug anything or anything of that nature? No, they can all get stuffed. All right then. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, look, it's good. Uh, we've got a we've got an EC coming up in July. Oh uh, yeah, be exciting. That'll be good, and hopefully mm. we'll get a, a tidy little crowd together for that one. I'm dead keen. If you get if you get like first place, you're gonna go to Worlds. If I get a crew to go with me, so I get a, a decent. Number. Hey hey, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. That, that they're gonna run amok with me, and and the stars align. It may well happen. We will see. Anil, mm. Anil's going. In fact, you know what? A ton of L5R players are going. So I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there will be people for you to run amok with. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. The, the, we'll I see. reckon the Jade, the Jade Thronians will go. Yep. Yeah, there's a semi-reasonable chance. Definitely. Um, nah, I'm sure I'll... it'll be a stellar time. Don't get me wrong. It's just the <laughs> logistics are prickly from. I went. <laughs> I, I was I was a little bit a little bit miffed because I went to the uh, the elemental championship over in Melbourne mostly to see people and and play some games, but I would not have been opposed to getting a world's invite. That would have been great. Yeah, I think I I would absolutely like if I sat down and my opponent was like, "Oh, I'm dead keen to get to worlds." Oh, I'd be really tempted just to concede because I, because I'm no, not man. a definite. Because I'm get, not a definite. Get, get that invite and let's go. Yeah, maybe, maybe we will see. We will see. I think we'll what you should that. do is get the invite and then you can decide what what you want to do. You know, keep your options open. Yeah, true that. True that. I mean, look, it would be great. I've never actually. All right. Oh, I dig it. All right. Well, I guess I'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, definitely. So shout outs from me, I guess. Uh, we'll put some of those links in the description uh, and you should check out the Athens coverage on Imperial Advisor. Um, so yeah, talk to you next week. Same back clan time, same back clan channel. All right. Easy, mate. See you, dude.